Hi. Uh, welcome back to It Takes Grace. This is podcast number two. And uh, what are we talking about today, Mr. Harris? All right. So we, we kind of thought about this all week and we kind of wanted to build off it. We thought, where can we start um, without just jumping in somewhere in the middle of uh, our marriage? So we thought about, what about the basics? So I asked her, I said, why don't we start with the basics? And she's like, eh, I don't know if I can come up with a bunch of stuff. So did you come up with a few things? <laughs> yes. Okay. So I took this piece of paper and I folded it in half because, you know, I didn't want him to cheat or anything. So I put his name on one side and my name on the other side. And he was like, just list, you know, what are some basic things? And Blythe and Caleb were sitting at the dinner tables. We were talking and they were like, Blythe said, what are some things you wish people had told you when you were first getting married? And so there's a part of me that was like, well, I don't know because... To me, there's some things you just have to live through and learn from and grow from in your marriage. And I think that's like super important. But once I started listing things, I um, just, it just all flowed out. So I thought I wasn't gonna be able to list anything and then I had all kinds of stuff, so. Well, you know what, what always fascinates me, because I'm a minister, I've done a few weddings here and there and I've done counseling and things like that. <clears throat> Excuse me, and what I've noticed is I feel like premarital counseling is kind of a waste because most of the time you're giving counseling to somebody who's they're in love and it doesn't really matter what you say. Um, it kind of goes in one ear out the other because they're at that, that newlywed stage and they really don't need it yet because they kind of overlook whatever goes wrong anyway because they're just happy to be together. So. I think that you should have counseling later down the road after you've gotten past that, that honeymoon phase and you've started to live together and you start to really deal with issues. Um, so that's kind of was my mindset when I thought about these basics. I thought I'd just be funny and just say, hey, um, ask my eight-year-old, you know, what do you think are the basics? And he gave me two and he said, the first one is, here, come here, come here, come here. He's dying to he's, let you see. He's chewing so, cookies. This is Caleb. This is the eight-year-old. This is his response. Um, no. Um, number one, he said, loving each other, which I thought that's, that's great advice, right? Um, you can't have a relationship without love, right? And he said, he elaborated and said, um, loving each other, and that translated into a life commitment, and that's exactly right. It has to be a life commitment. When you get married, it is for life. Um, through, you know, those vows you take, sickness and health, all that, it's part of it. That's that life commitment. And then he said number two was agreeing with each other. He felt like you should always agree with each other. Mm. <laughs> like, you, what have do you, all think to, about that? you have to agree if you want to have a kid or not. Oh, that's true. Okay. Right. Yeah, stuff. Right, we'll call you back out. in a minute, okay? <laughs> so you want to you want to read? Well, that kind of leads into one of my first ones was have the hard conversations. Like if you're thinking about marriage, um, or even early on, I, I would really say to do this before though. Talk about all that stuff. Talk about money and kids and where you think you want to go to church. Like all those kind of like hard conversations. You know, right now my kids are, I'm, I'm be quiet because they'll be mortified, but my daughters are starting to have boyfriends. And so I tell them from the jump, you tell them that you've made a decision that you don't want to have sex until you're married. And no, that's not a fun conversation to have with a guy that you kind of just met. But you know, Madison has done this a couple times. And so with this boyfriend that she's with now, she literally said, if this is a deal breaker for you, it's fine. Just tell me now. And like, I won't waste your time and you don't have to waste my time. This is something that I've committed to and something I'm passionate about. And so this is just kind of who I am. Um, so 
I feel like you got to kind of have those hard conversations before you think that you're going to enter into a lifetime commitment with somebody and make sure you're on the same page. Or if not, that you can kind of, you know, talk about those things and kind of hash them out and kind of try to flush it out and see what you're going to do about it. So, Madison's not here, so we don't have any from her tonight, but we might get some from her later. I did get asked Blythe, and she said her number one is she's scared of marriage. She doesn't want to be tied down. She just wants freedom. I said, well, I understand that, but there's going to come a point, right, where you do want to get married. She was like, well, yeah. I said, well, then what is it then? And she said, well, I guess trust. So she's I think 14. She, yeah, I mean, so. I, she's not putting a whole, and I don't want her to anyway. I want her to enjoy being 14, exactly. and all that comes with that. And that's my advice to any teenagers that are watching, you know, enjoy where you are. You know, there's a song that says, uh, I wish I'd have known these are the best days of my life. That's probably not how it went, but something like that. And I've realized that every stage of life is the best stage of your life if you just learn to live in it and enjoy the one you're at. So often we live either in the past or always looking for some future event. Um, and if you do that, you'll miss the opportunities that you're living in now. All those little moments that you can make special, we overlook because we're always waiting for something new to come. Or we live in the past, always um, wishing it the way it used to be. And I'm guilty of that sometimes too. Um, now, and I'll get to more of that in, in my list in a minute. But do you have anything you want to add with that? I don't think so. It's so funny because our kids, you know, I'm an only child. And so having three kids that come from the same parents that are so different, like I'm I feel pretty sure if we asked Madison this, she would have a list because that child's been thinking about marriage her whole life. She wants nothing more than to be a wife and a mom, and she looks very forward to that. Um, so, you know, it's kind of funny, like, the different places they're in. But I love that. That's what's unique about each of our children, and so I, I think that's a beautiful thing, and I kind of like all their different <clears throat> little perspectives. You want to start with your list or you want to start with mine? Uh, it doesn't matter. Back and forth. Yeah, that's fine. I already said my first one, so what was your first one? All right, so my first one is patience because when you're newly married, you know, things don't tend to get on your nerves yet, but when they start to, you got to learn to have patience because if, if you can't sort it out and take the time to just just learn to love each other for who you are different, then it's not going to work anyway. you got to take a step back, have some patience with each other, and um, just figure it out. You know, sometimes... Uh, you know, if you're in an argument or things like that, you need to have patience with each other. Sometimes you need to take a step back and um, put yourself in the other person's shoes and try to see where they're, they're coming from. Learn to compromise. Learn to let go of some things that you don't agree on. Um, and, and when in doubt, go away and pray. It's hard to be angry at somebody when you're praying for them. When you pray for godly wisdom, he'll give it to you. So when all else fails, go pray about it and then just give it time. And, and what will happen is, and I guarantee it will happen because it's always happened for me, then things will become uh, calmer, uh, clearer heads will prevail, and you can get together and really talk things out and, and smooth things out, if, if it's a conflict anyway. Yeah, and I would even say something I've learned over the years is instead of, you know, as a last-ditch effort, which is kind of how we look at prayer a lot of times, pray now. Safeguard your marriage now. Pray for a hedge of protection, physical protection, spiritual protection against the spiritual warfare that's going on around you all over the place. You know, pray that over your marriage. Pray that God will put his hedge of protection around you and keep you safe from temptations, from other people that might seek to destroy your marriage, like all these different weapons that can be used. You know, pray that God will let no weapon prosper against you in your marriage. Um, one of the things that I thought about when he was talking about patience is patience started out very early in our marriage. Literally, the day we got married, 
Um, we were dancing in a big circle and I tripped on my crinoline under my dress and tore my ACL in my leg, in my knee. Um, and so we started out our honeymoon, um, this honeymoon that we had paid for in Cancun, Mexico for two years and we're really excited about and had all these excursions planned of like getting on a jet ski through the jungle and all this kind of stuff. None of that happened because I was on crutches. Um, I was in Mexico with brand new health insurance because I just started my job a few months before this, you know, 21 years old, first time I'd had health insurance and all this mess and had to get off this plane where my knee had been in one position for three hours and I could hardly walk. I was crying. I wanted my mama. I was just like a mess. And so like our, his patients started out right from the get-go um, of going and getting us food and bringing it back up and having to be patient as I tried to walk places and there were no elevators. And I mean, it was just like so much. And he's continued to be patient with me through the years because I have had to grow up a whole lot. I've had to learn how to argue or talk things out. Um, you know, I grew up in a home where we just kind of yelled at each other and like got everything off our chest and then went our separate ways and he did not grow up like that. And so that was one of the first things I felt like we had to do. And that's my second thing on my list is learn to talk and not fight, you know, learn to communicate, learn how one another communicates, you know? Um, and it took me a really long time to do that. But one thing he said early on in our marriage, maybe even before we got married is he said, I could sit here and just say things that would just dig right to your heart and pierce your heart. But I love you too much to do that. That was super humbling for me and a very good lesson that I needed to learn to not just say all these things that I was thinking. It's okay to think before you speak. It's it's right to say before you think before you speak and not just say every single thing that you've thought of or bring up all this junk from the past or any of those kind of things. So you have to learn how to talk to each other and do it kind of in a loving way, you know? I think you have to kind of get to the point where you understand what is this real what are you accomplishing? in this argument is it to be right is it to prove a point um do you feel like you're lacking something what is the point of this argument and where does it need to go because it all usually stems from some type of lack of communication so you need to talk it out work it out find out what the root of the problem is so that you can fix it that's the whole point you know you can't always say your argument is not valid it may be whether whether it hurts or it doesn't or it's something you can even accomplish Maybe it's not. Maybe it's something that just is what it is. But if you don't talk it out and learn to live with it, you, you'll just, what will happen is you'll build on top of things. And so often when, when you find marriages that are really at the point of breaking, they don't really remember what started everything because it was something little they never talked out and they never got out in the open and worked out. And then things, they got anger and then new things happened and they built all these things on top of each other to the point where they don't even know what, went wrong and I've talked to people so many times I'm like what what is really going on they, they just have no communication and therefore they have so much distance in their relationship now there's no going back they don't know where to go back to so the last thing you want to do is allow that to happen you know maybe maybe in your marriage it's good it's just it's, it's too heated right now and we need to just walk away and give it a few minutes a day or whatever but don't give it more than that there's got to be a time where you come back together and really just talk it out and, and and let it go somewhere and accomplish something out of it make everything a learning tool and that's my actually my second one ability to learn and adapt you know even when she talked about on our honeymoon you know we had to learn and adapt right from the very beginning this was not our the honeymoon we had in our minds, right? From day one, 
everything was different. We didn't do the things we thought we were going to do, but we found ways to have fun and make the most of what we had. Learn to adapt. And maybe in your marriage, you've been married many years and now someone's dealing with a health issue or whatever may be going on and they're not the same as they were before and you have to step up and, and fill in those gaps or maybe they've lost a job and you need to be the breadwinner now or whatever that may be. You need to learn to adapt, lean on each other, love each other and understand that there are just seasons in life that are where they are. You know, sometimes, you know, when we were newly married, we put Madison in daycare and we hated it. And we decided very early on, we're gonna make the sacrifices necessary that she does not have to be in daycare anymore. And we did that. We both took turns working off shift jobs just so that one of us could always be there. And it, we didn't like it, we didn't wanna do it, but sometimes you do what you don't wanna do because it's the best thing for everybody involved, whether it be in a marriage or in a family. And if you look at it as this is my life now, you're not gonna go anywhere. You have to look at it as this is the season I'm in now and I'll make the best of it today so that I'll provide a better future for tomorrow. So if you're in that today, understand it's just a season. Make the best of it, learn to learn or learn from it and adapt from it. So, um, You know, I've thought about, guys, it's okay to say to your wife, Baby, do you want me to fix this? Is there something I can do to fix this? Or do you just want me to listen to you? Are you just venting? Because a lot of times, y'all, guys are fix-minded. Their, their kind of mindset is, what can I do to fix this? And there's going to be times, girls, that you're talking and, and you just need to get it all off your chest and have somebody just sit there and listen to you. Um, you know, the other night, I was it kind of just hit me that Madison's getting ready to go to college and all this stuff. And... Usually I handle it pretty well because I've learned that all these different seasons, there's like beauty in every season. But for some reason the other night, it just kind of hit me a little harder than normal. And so I just cried into Herbie's chest for a few minutes and then I felt better. And there wasn't anything he can do. He can't do anything to change the fact that our baby's getting ready to leave our house and go to college. It's going to happen, you know. Um, and then Blythe's going to be right behind her. So that's the season we're in, you know. But I just needed some a moment, you know what I mean? We all have a moment. But but tell them that. Tell them, I don't, there's nothing I need you to do to fix this. I just need you to listen to me for a second. Or one thing Herbie was so good at, and he still is, is, okay, we I would argue or whatever, and then he would say, okay, is there something I need to change to make this better? And so then that would cause me to say, oh, well, no, maybe there's something I need to change. You know what I'm saying? So just like, don't be afraid to like, to do that and to reflect on that and and <clears throat> tell him that you don't need to fix it. And that's another thing, that's on my list. Um, they will listen, but they cannot read your mind. I learned, probably not even as early as I needed to learn, you know, I would come home and like, there'd be stuff all over the floor. And one of my things, y'all, one of my love languages, he's going to talk about that, is acts of service. And so for me to come home from work or whatever, it makes me less stressed to come into at least the living room just kind of being picked up with no junk all over the floor or whatever. And so he would say, I promise you, I don't just walk over this stuff. Like, I just don't see it. And I learned that that was such a great thing that I did not have a husband who came, walked in from work and said, why is this house a mess? Why is the laundry not done? Why he has never been that way, which is so awesome and so freeing for me. Um, because there were days that I didn't get to all that stuff when I was staying home with the kids and working night shift and he was working during the day. You know, we've kind of been through every single type of work environment you could get with him working, me working, both of us working, like we've done it all. Um, but I learned like, he will do anything I ask, but I have to ask. Like, 
baby, do you mind washing those clothes? And not, not from in here in the laundry room and him back in the bedroom. Like I have to like actually ask him to do it or something like that. But he hated honeydew lists. Like he didn't want me leaving him a list of things that he needed to do. Um, and so anyway, that was an area in our marriage that we just kind of had to figure out. And it took him a while, you know, and took me a while to like learn those things. Um, cause you know, that was just part of it is we kind of had to learn how to do all that, but we worked it out and now it works out great. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that's learning to adapt, right? You just figure it out. Um, if you don't like honey list, then figure out what to do and do it. Right. If you are the kind of person where you like to be guided, then fine. Tell your spouse, Hey, leave me a list if that if that's what you're really interested in, and I'll take it out. No, no big deal, and we can both be happy. But figure that out and compromise, communicate. That's the whole point. There's not there's not a dumb question. The only dumb question is the one you didn't ask. How you expect to know if you don't ask? So, um, you want to you want me to do my next one? Or you want? Sure. No okay. My my next one is actually one I learned later on. We used to go to a lot of marriage conferences and training and stuff like that, and I and I learned early on that I didn't like them. Um, for me. I felt like they always beat up on the guys and it always felt unattainable and didn't feel like it was really meant to a real man. Um, so I, I never left. I always felt like we were going to leave in an argument and I knew that was coming and I always felt like it was an unattainable goal to what they were always, you know, telling us to be. And, and really I think they, they do the same thing with women as well. But the one thing I found the most valuable was the five love languages. Um, a lot of times we want to love the way we think love is. So if my love language is um, touch, so I'm like, well, I want to touch her. And maybe hers isn't. She's like, I'm not feeling the love for you. And I feel like, well, I'm giving you as much as I can. But in reality, I'm not. I'm just giving her what I want. So you have to figure out what the other person's love language is and do that. Not what you want, what they want. That's when you start to find the intimacy that every marriage has to have. Okay, that's a, that's a core ingredient. And intimacy is a tough thing in marriage. We're not gonna go there today, we will, but not today. But that's one of those things that leads to intimacy is learning each other's love languages and communication. So I'll just leave it there for now, okay? That's a really good one. Um, I don't know, I think we've kind of touched on a couple of these. I guess while we're there and you just said that whole intimacy word, um, I did have on my list, um, and my great friend Angie Stone told me this, so I cannot take credit for it. She has given me a lot of advice on marriage, and we talk about it at work a lot. But, um, you know, girls, a lot of times sex is going to be like number one on his list, and it's going to be like number 99 out of 100 on your list, okay? So, like, it's on the list, but there's a ton of other things that we feel like are priorities above that. Um, and so that's something that it kind of was freeing to me for her to say that and I thought okay like that makes sense and I think he can work with that because it's not that you're rejecting them it's not that you don't want to meet those needs especially when that's their love language but sometimes just telling them you know I, I had a friend one time that she said you know I'm exhausted at night so in the morning if you want it to be good and enjoy it hit me up in the morning and so her husband learned that and so that worked for them so that's another area that you've just got to talk out and figure out and do what works for you and y'all it doesn't have to look like the movies it doesn't have to look like these stupid tv shows that are on tv every day and it, you know they make it look so romantic and miraculous and all this kind of stuff you have to be logical about it and do what works for you you know um i struggled for so long thinking well if it's not spontaneous then it's not 
good or whatever. Okay, that has to go out the window when you've got kids and schedules and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, sometimes you just have to make the time for it or whatever. So that was one of the things that helped me a lot was to know, yeah, it's on the list for us women and we want to take care of that for our husbands, but it just may not be number one on the list. It may not be what we're thinking about all day long because we got a lot of other things on our mind too. This is my last one. And my, my last one is learn to let go. And I think that spans a lot of different things. And depending on where you are in your marriage, it's going to be different for you. Sometimes it's hard for us to kind of put ourselves back in time to when we had babies. You know, I, I, I look at other people with babies, and I'm not going to lie, I'm envious. I want to hold them, you know. And, and it's not that I want another baby. It's just I want mine to be babies again because that season went so fast. And, you know, people always tell you, you know, uh, make the most of it. And I felt like I did. But unfortunately, no matter how much you hold on to something, you still have to let it go. So for me, the last one is learn to let go. And I think that's the hardest part of life, period. When someone dies, uh, when different things in your life, different stages are over, all these many things that come, and they're going to come in every stage of life, and you have to learn to let go. And you have to learn this way. Um, like she just touched on earlier, Madison going to college. Well, you know, that's a difficult one for us because, you know, all last year we had this, 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 we would always say, this is our last year to do this with her before she graduates. This is our last year, last year, last year. And, and I guess that's a coping mechanism, but the closer it gets to being there, it gets more and more difficult because we have to let go to something again. And those are painful things or hard things. And it's learning how to live in that new moment and make that time and put forth that effort and, and just find a new way to love and be together. And that's what I challenge you to do. Whatever stage of life you're in now, learn to let go. Treasure what you had. Don't beat yourself up on things that you used to do. Because remember this, if they, they didn't happen, you wouldn't be where you are today. Everything led you to today. If you went back and changed those things, you wouldn't be the same person and everything would be different. So yeah, you will have regrets and that's part of life because you're not perfect. Those regrets lead you to being a better person so that you can make better choices the second time around. So learn to let go, let go of the past, treasure it, and then learn a new way to connect and love in the future, okay? You can, you can put that in wherever it is in your season of life. I just gave an example for ours, but that's what I would encourage you to do, so. That is good advice. and <clears throat> something I'm still working on, y'all. I'm not always there. Some days I do better than others. Um, one other thing that I had on my list was um, I read in a book, be the wife that you want your son to have. And that pierced my heart because I've not always been the wife that I would want my son to have. I'm a challenging person to live with. I can be a very selfish person. Um, but Herbie's loved me through all of that. And, you know, I've grown in my relationship with the Lord and tried to see what kind of wife he wants me to be. And I've grown in my relationship with Herbie and I'm a work in progress because I definitely am still learning stuff every single day. I still hear stories from him and think, how could I not have heard that story after 25 years of being with you? He tells the youth these stories and I'm like, what the world? I feel like I've told him he's been there for everything. I'll tell him a story and he'll be like, yeah, babe, I was there. Um, because we've grown up together. So, um, but, but that's cool. Like never stop learning each other. Never stop growing. Never stop looking for ways to... Um, show 
your spouse how much you love them. You know, if you learn their love language, y'all, it's just a little quiz you can take online now. They've made it super easy. I made my kids do it because I want to know how do they need to be loved, you know? Um, I leave them little notes and stuff, but if that's not really their love language, then yeah, they appreciate it, but it's not really speaking to them the way they need to be spoken to and loved. So I want to know those kind of things. I want to do it right, you know? Um, but it takes grace. And that's what this is all about. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next one. Um, and we got a lot of topics we want to cover in the future, but if there's something you would really like to know, we would love to, you know, touch base on anything that's specific that you um, would like to ask us. So feel free to put that in the comment section. All right. See you next time. Bye.